0: Hey everybody, this is Jim, and welcome to today's podcast. Today I want to talk a little bit about faith versus unbelief. Jesus taught his disciples that unbelief could block the power of God. I'm going to be reading from Matthew chapter chapter 17, verses 19 and 20. This is called the modern King James Version. Starting in verse 19, it says, Then the disciples came to Jesus apart and said, Why could we not cast him out, meaning the spirit that was in this boy? And Jesus said to them, Because of your unbelief. For truly I say to you, if you have faith like a grain of mustard seed, you shall say to this mountain, Move from here to there, and it shall move, and nothing shall be impossible to you. Up until the 17th chapter of the Gospel of Matthew, his disciples experienced positive results and success, when praying for people and healing them of various uh, sicknesses and diseases. Notice in the 15th chapter, or excuse me, the 15th and let's see, the 16th verses, uh, what the Father said to Jesus. He said, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is a lunatic and grievously vexed, and oftentimes he falls into the fire and often into the water. And I brought him to your disciples, and they could not cure him. So the father brought the son to Jesus' disciples because he believed that they could cure him. So it's obvious that the disciples thought the same thing, or else they wouldn't have asked the question, well, why couldn't we cast the spirit out? And the answer was simple. It was because of your unbelief. So you can see two things from this story. First, they had to have enough faith to try. So you might think they didn't have enough faith to get the job done but Jesus pointed to their unbelief as opposed to the size or the amount of their faith. So this may be the first time they experienced a um, situation like this of any kind. For example, uh, if this were the second or third occurrence where they experienced failure, they might have said, was it our unbelief that kept us from casting it out? Or maybe was it our unbelief again? The Father himself asked Jesus, to help him overcome his unbelief. But again, uh, the father himself must have had some kind of faith in the disciples' authority and ability to get the victory for his son, or he never would have approached them to begin with. So here's a situation in the setting where results are happening, miracles and healings are happening, and then suddenly they find themselves in a situation where it doesn't work. So after Jesus delivered the boy from the epileptic spirit, the disciples wanted to know why they didn't get results. So it's really no different today because people are still asking the same question. There are people who teach on the topics of prayer and faith and write books about these topics. They even pray for others who get healed and delivered, some instantly, some gradually, and of course some not at all. Uh, and they ask these the same questions are asked about or relating to them. Well, How come when they prayed for so-and-so, if, it, if this is real, how come it didn't work? Um, if you take the word healing out and substitute it for the word salvation, most Christian people wouldn't have a problem with the subject of faith versus unbelief. Um, for example, it says in Hebrews 4.11, let us labor therefore, to enter into that rest, God's rest, lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief. So the fourth chapter of the book of Hebrews shows that God's people under the old covenant face the same obstacle that we face under the new covenant. Unbelief and faith, they can be present simultaneously, but unbelief blunts faith, I guess you could say. So In Mark's version of this, chapter 9, verses 23 and 24, starting in the 23rd verse, it says, Jesus said unto him, if thou canst believe, all things are possible to him who believes. So this was Jesus's response to the father who came to him after the failure of the disciples and cried out, you know, if you can do anything, please help. And jesus turned it around and said if you can believe then i can help in other words all things are possible to him that believes if you can believe and the it says in verse 24 and straightway the father of the child cried out and said with tears lord i believe help thou my unbelief so obviously this man realized that yes absolutely had faith he called Jesus lord he acknowledged uh, who he was that belief was in his heart it was strong enough to approach the disciples but after that second after that failure you, know, you can imagine that it doesn't say how many disciples were there but if James and John were present with Jesus when he was up at the mount of transfiguration as it says in the story, in the previous verses, and the rest of the disciples are down there, then maybe, you know, nine or ten of them all gave a, uh, made an attempt to get the Spirit to come out of this boy. So, you know, if you pray for something and you just see failure happening, um, and or you see the exact opposite of what you want to happen increase, you know, if you're in trouble and then you pray and then you're even in more trouble after that, you can see... The heart of this man, where he was at, you could probably identify at least a little bit with it. You cried out and said, Lord, I believe, help thou my unbelief. Now, if somebody said that today, then they would be blasted as being unsensitive. So if somebody said, um, you know, the reason why it's not working is because you're not believing, right? They would be called a heretic or um, you know, a false gospel or whatever. Uh, but that's exactly what Jesus said. If thou canst believe, all things are possible to him who believes. So, his prayer was, Lord, I believe. Help thou my unbelief. Now, here's an interesting thing because right after this, Jesus cast the spirit out. So, if there's a lesson to be learned here or multiple lessons to be learned that Even if you come to the conclusion that the reason why you're struggling is because you have unbelief in you. Yes, you know you have faith. You wouldn't be praying to the ceiling if you didn't believe there was somebody listening. You wouldn't be speaking God's word over your life if you believed that it was fake and it was just made up by men, right? So you believe that God is. And the Bible says exactly that. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. Because he who comes to him must believe that he is, but then it goes on to say, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So if there's some kind of unbelief on the last leg of your journey to having that mustard seed of faith, that's all it takes without any blockage or hindrance or anything like that, then maybe you can take a page from this story and do the same thing that the father did. He cried out to the Lord and said, Lord, I believe, help thou my unbelief. So he was putting the responsibility on himself. He wasn't blaming God anymore for the way his son was. He wasn't creating false doctrines and saying, well, sometimes God wants it to be this way and sometimes he doesn't. And obviously, if God's will was for this boy to remain sick, then when Jesus rebuked the spirit, it still wouldn't have come out. Right? So... That goes to show that you can pray and just because something doesn't happen doesn't mean that it's not God's will for it to happen. When Jesus got there, it happened. So fight the good fight of faith. This brings up a point that's worth going over in some more detail. Faith is a fight. The Bible says fight the good fight of faith in 1 Timothy 6.12. A lot of attention focuses on scriptures like Ephesians 6.12 that says we wrestle not against flesh and blood We don't physically wrestle with invisible creatures, of course. We wrestle against thoughts and reasonings that originate from the spiritual realm. Those thoughts are designed to fill your mind and your heart with unbelief. And you can see why, because when you read these stories, you can see that nothing's really changed. Unbelief blocks the power of God. Now there's other things also, but let's just keep on that same path. Thoughts of unbelief, they're just designed to cause you to think and do things that will limit God working in your life. It says in Psalms 78, the 41st verse, it says, Yea, they turned back and tested or tempted God and limited the Holy One of Israel. So there's the, there's the answer to a question. Can you limit God? Absolutely. What By turning back. Turning back is a form of unbelief. Some people say they believe the Bible, but then they blame God when the answers don't come. So you can see faith is a fight. For years, I followed uh, professional boxing, not so much these days, but what I noticed is that sometimes fighters quit. That's right, for whatever reason, they stop fighting and the fight ends. Maybe they're taking too much punishment and they get tired of taking it. Maybe they say to themselves, I want to be back in the dressing room, forget this craziness. But the same thing happens to people, even if they do have strong faith. Fighting isn't easy. If you've ever wrestled with pain or sickness yourself, you know from first-hand experience how debilitating it can be on the mind and on your morale. I think some people just think, you know what, I'd rather be in heaven than to have to keep dealing with this. They just reach a breaking point. I I firmly believe it's never God's perfect will for His people to die of sickness and disease any more than it's His will for people to reject Jesus and be found guilty in the judgment. So... This brings up the um, another topic of faith preachers who die of sickness or disease. Recently, I read about the daughter of Norval Hayes. That was uh, Zona Hayes or Zona Hayes Morrow. Uh, she passed away at the age of 63 after a battle with cancer. And of course, many names, naysayers, they come out of the woodwork and they say that this is proof, once again, that the faith teaching doesn't work. Um, that's at best or that it's a heretical teaching at worst. But saying that faith doesn't work sometimes is like saying the gospel or salvation doesn't work some of the time. I mean, the same people who boldly proclaim so-and-so is in hell because they didn't believe in Jesus think it's a slight to ascribe unbelief to a person. They know, uh, because it carries such a negative connotation in many segments of the church world today, they know if they say that, they're going to get a lot of people coming against them. But Jesus told his disciples plainly, um, it didn't work because of your unbelief. It wasn't any slight against their spirituality or them as individuals, he was just stating the facts. So in each case, we can't see what's in the individual's heart. We can't see what's in there and we can't see what isn't. Only God can. Some people are overcome by cares and worries and allow unbelief to enter in and choke their faith. Some people they may catch a glimpse of the other side and say, Hey, you know what? Forget this place. I'd rather be over there, you know? Um, maybe that's what you would say if you were in that situation and you saw a place of perfection and peace and love. I mean, you know, is it so great, you know, what what goes on here in this world that you would say to yourself, you know what? Even though this place uh is, is perfect and there's nothing but joy and happiness and peace and it's filled with loving people. You know what? I'd rather go back to earth and, and punch the clock again on Monday or I'd, I'd rather go back to earth and uh, build that new website I was thinking about. You know, I don't think you'd do that, would you? Probably not. Um, so we can only judge ourselves. We can't judge the people around us. You may judge their actions as right or wrong, but only God knows the heart. None of us wants to get to heaven and hear God say, you struggled in this area throughout your entire life because of your unbelief. And yet there are areas in my own life, <coughs> excuse me, that I struggled with for years because deep down inside there was unbelief, there was doubt. And then once the doubts were gone, things started changing. I mean, there's a direct connection there I can see it in my own life. So when Jesus said have faith in God, Mark 11:22, he meant exactly that. Faith in God produces the faith of God in the individual's life. Is it easy? Absolutely not. Because we live in a flesh and blood body. Uh, We see things. We feel things. We have emotions that sometimes go against logic. And what we feel emotionally seems even more real. A lot of times it feels more real than what we're seeing in the Bible. So it's not a matter of intellectually agreeing with the Bible. Yet, Um, There's many people who place their faith in the wisdom of men, even if they're preachers, instead of the power of God. That's why we have so many books written about subjects like prayer, faith, God's will, and so forth. For most people, the Bible just isn't enough. They won't believe it as it's written. They need to look to the opinions of others, and that's what they place their faith in. They place their faith maybe in the Bible, but they have to plug into somebody else and get assurance from a physical human being or a writer or somebody like that before they're willing to connect with God for themselves. It's sad, but that's just the reality of it. Ultimately, though, you either connect on the inside with God for yourself or you don't. You either move towards him or away from him, and I'm talking about what happens on the inside of you. So at the end of the day, we each have the obstacles in our lives that we have to overcome. You have your own life your own walk before God. And while we may be curious why certain things happen to other people, it's enough that you give yourself to things God's placed in your own path. Let me finish up with John's Gospel again, verses, uh, chapter 21, verses 20 through 22. It says, Then Peter turned about, sees the disciple whom Jesus loved. That's talking about John, who wrote the Gospel. Uh, which also leaned on his breast at supper and said, Lord, which is he that betrays you? Peter, seeing him, said to Jesus, Lord, what shall this man do? In other words, what's in this man's future? What's coming down the line for him? What's next? How's he going to end up? And Jesus said to him, If I will that he tarry till I come, what is that to you? Follow you me. That's it for today. I hope you got something out of that. Thanks for listening. For more information, please visit the main website at www.faithtestedbyfire.com. Again, that address is www.faithtestedbyfire.com. Until next time, this is Jim.